Welcome everyone to an apotheosis of a bombast, episode number 28. I'm Ultimate Manus, all the way in England, and joining me today, as always, is a man whose milkshakes can always bring the boys to the yard. <laughs> it's Mr. Scott Copperman. Also known as Klaus. <laughs> Klaus. That's my stage name. Welcome, I go Klaus. by Klaus. Uh, my contract stipulates that I have to ask you this next question. Uh-oh. Um, how are you? I'm fine. Oh. That was the same question. Yeah. How uh, are you? We tend to do it in the same order every week, so I thought I'd, I'd <laughs> shake it up a bit and be a bit dangerous. Alright. Uh, no, I'm fine. I'm doing very well. We have uh, the start of school tomorrow here in our house, so it's a little bit chaotic. Yep, same here. Looking forward to That's... that one. Get the kids back. Yes! <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. Especially for me working at home, it's uh, a great window of productivity that I see ahead. So yeah, I'll bet. I'm kind of looking forward to not having to... Dad? Dad, are you busy? Yeah, uh, I was. <laughs> yeah. And of course, we're in the birds as well. Well, the temperature dropped about 15 degrees here on, I guess, with the turn of the weekend. It went from beach weather to... And my daughter's wearing long pants. She had a sweater sweater and shorts yesterday it yeah was, uh, it's a, it's comfortable but it's it's a big change yeah it feels like fall yeah i'm gonna be bringing out the um the jumpers soon because i i feel the, the cold really bad i don't normally feel cold i'll tend to be more uncomfortable when it's really hot you know when you can't get relief from the heat it's just that sticky muggy air is still kind of thing yeah you know, I, I think i'm a little more um, resistant to a chill. I mean, really cold is really cold, but you know when people in the house want heat on, I'm fine. Our heating <laughs> normally goes on from around about November till around about April, May, May sort yeah. of time, I suppose. Yeah, it's the start of the year that's colder than the end of the year. Yeah. And when you think of winter, you tend to think of it kind of like right around a little before December and a little after January. Yeah. But it definitely seems slanted more toward the the coming year. Well, have you noticed in the last, I don't know, 10 years maybe, let's say, the season seems to be moving down the year ever so slightly. I remember when I was at school, around about October, November, it used to get frigid and really cold and there used to be snow and I remember my school getting closed for snow a couple of times. But it doesn't, uh, snow tends to hit us around about, oh, let's say, end of February that sort of time if we are going to have snow showers they're going to be in february yeah yeah i could see that and, and also here seems like we've had kind of a, a summer bubble in december whether it's it's around thanksgiving or sometimes around christmas it cools but then all of a sudden the temperature spikes for about a week mm. and then afterward we get you know the chances of snow and things like that yeah it gives you that little ray of hope doesn't it oh it might not be over oh it is over yeah. A couple of years ago, we were outside on Christmas Day, and that's, I mean, that's not what we should be able to do in this region. <laughs> we're not we're not at that uh, latitude. We should be having snow. White Christmas should be, should be guaranteed where we live. Them days are long gone now. Keep driving your cars everywhere, people. It's global warming. Yeah. It's the global warming hoax. Well, should we move on? Um, have you got any news that you've seen in your local news or on TV or... No I do actually. Like it's that. it's not uh, entirely local, but it's domestic from the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> and 
it's the headline from the Associated Press says, Banks thumbprint rule works man born with no arms. So a Florida man, he's born without arms, he's upset with the Tampa bank that won't let him cash a check because he can't provide a thumbprint <laughs> to uh, prove who he is. Of course, when you first hear that, you side with the man. You think, how wrong, you know, this, this man clearly has no other options and such. Yeah. But as you read on, it says uh, Steve Valdez didn't have an account at the Bank of America where he tried to cash the check. So already, I'm already moving toward the bank now saying, well, why doesn't the guy just go to his own bank? Yeah. They all know him. It's, you know, I, I don't know why that would be. But however, he has a prosthetic arm and he's unable to provide the thumbprint that, that they asked for. He presented two forms of identification, but they still denied him. Oh, God. So the bank manager says to him, he can come back to the bank with the person who wrote the check, or he can go through the process of opening an account, and then, I guess, the rules for having uh, your check cleared yeah. are, are lighter. So you would think, well, you know, that seems a little harsh, and how's he going to get the person who wrote the check to come? But his wife is the person who wrote him the check. So it's not even like it's his employer or some some distant third party. His wife's written him a check. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I don't know why they would do that. I'm sure there's a whole lot more to the story. Maybe she's being cruel. Maybe maybe they're not married anymore. Maybe they're having separation. Yeah, it could be. But of course, what happens every time this happens, the corporation has to take the, you know, media culpa and apologize and such. So Bank of America spokeswoman Nicole, something I can't pronounce, says the bank has apologized to Valdez. She says the bank should have offered alternative requirements if an individual is not able to give a thumbprint. So what I don't know. Be? I, I guess if he has a driver's license and a passport or I mean, certain forms of ID yeah, I was hoping are supposed to be of, good enough. Hoping for more of a different print. Maybe <laughs> thumbprint. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Well, he he's got no arms though. Is that right? He's got no arms. Did I say thumbprint? I meant toe print. Yeah, toe print. Uh, so he's got no arms. See, it's born with no arms. Yeah. Is that, how how far do we go down on this barrel? <laughs> I don't know. We it's could just, go pretty far. You know, I I'm a big believer that that when you think you know a story from an article or something like this you have to always remember it. there's a whole bunch of stuff that's either not glitzy enough to make the story or kind of undermines the message that the reporter wants to send yeah you know. yeah they're telling their their version of yeah. that story they want a they? slant that that they want it to have but you know I, I read this and I'm sure they're looking for some sympathy for for the man and, and I'm sure his life is full of hardships but I just, when I get to the second paragraph where it says, well, you know, he didn't have an account at the bank to begin with. You lose all sympathy for the guy, really, don't you? Well, a little bit. I'm sure it paints me in a bad light to say it this way, but yes, he should have the right to go wherever he wants and do all the things that everybody else can do and, and accommodations should be made. But at the same time, any of us can get rejected for trying to do something that's just... A little bit above and beyond. I, I can try to go to a bank where I don't have an account and get inconvenienced to an extent or have to pay an extra charge or 
have to produce multiple forms of identification. And I mean, the thumbprint thing seems a little odd. Yeah. I, I have to admit, that's that's new to me. And I, I also have to admit that somewhere in Bank of America, there probably was a meeting where a higher up said, okay, you proposed this policy. Didn't anybody think of the what if? <laughs> what, what if an individual can't do it for whatever reason? They've got a cast on, they've got... Yeah. An amputated digit or yeah. whatever. Maybe they lost their thumb after signing up to the bank. And, no, sorry, all your money's ours now. That's right. You're not this person. We have a thumbprint for Thomas Jones. And you, sir, do not have that same thumbprint. You could you carry your thumb, thumb in a little zip-up bag, couldn't you? What, what, um, did you ever see Minority Report? Yeah. What do they do in that movie? It's, is it the eyes? It takes the eyeballs? Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, Eyeball scanning, isn't it? I think yeah. it scans the retina. And there's another movie. I want to say it's The Candyman, but maybe not. Where they use uh, like a cigar cutter and they cut someone's finger off. Ooh. For, for like a finger swipe. I think I may be mixing movies. I think that just happens in Candyman as what an awful villain the guy is. Yeah. But other places, I've in another movie. I know I've seen them take a finger and the severed finger up to the skin. Ooh, gruesome. Mm. That would be awesome just to have like a little zip-up bag with your thumb in it and they ask for a thumbprint and you just whoop out this bag and go, there's my thumb. Swipe it. <laughs> Make sure you clean it up after you stamp. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, I need to chew my nail. <laughs> but yeah, I, I can understand the bank's point of view, you know. Well, sir, you haven't got any thumbs so we can't really cash your check. Yeah, and again, there's a whole lot missing here. Maybe he didn't make that big of a scene about it. Maybe he just was irritated at the time, and, and since it's all kind of calmed down. But yeah, um, I unfortunately I can picture not even necessarily him, but like an activist group using him as the poster child of like, see, this is what's wrong. The American Disabilities Act says everyone has to be treated the same, and and yes, but you also have to allow a little bit of. Uh, error correction. Okay, they yeah. made a mistake. Bank of America apologized. I'm sure they've changed their policy in some way. He's clearly an exception, and and I'm sure they'll know who he is from now on for for the remainder of his time there. Hmm. But yeah. but it may be he's from out of state. Maybe it's from maybe his other IDs were like a library card and a video club membership card. Yeah, uh, yeah. something expired. Who knows. Maybe we're just trying to make excuses for the guy. And a lot of other people will be ripping into him right now about this and making him big, big jokes about it as well. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt yes. to an extent. So I might before I start making big, big jokes about it. Before we move on to, to another story and I ask you what, what you have uh, article-wise, I just want to read you some alternate headlines. For that story that I just told you. Oh, you got more headlines. Cool. And more headlines. You know, it's an Associated Press article, so it gets picked up by the local times and all that stuff, and they, yeah. they run with it. So CBS News, the headline is, Bank tells armless man, no thumb, no cash. The Sun Sentinel, the headline is, Bank wants thumbprint for man with no hands. <laughs> the Free Republic says, Bank of America asks armless man for thumbprint. 
Bank of America survives unarmed robbery. <laughs> well, here's here's a slightly more detailed account, so maybe it's something a little bit different. Steve Valdez said, I'm going to run over downtown on my break, cash the check, and bring the cash back. No big deal. It turned out to be a very big deal. He said he was cashing a check from his wife, who has a Bank of America account. But the teller told Valdez that she needed a thumbprint in order to cash it. It was company policy. So he needed her thumb. Yeah. Well, so the cashier or the clerk says, it's obvious you can't give us the thumbprint. Let me go check with my supervisor. He was born without arms and wears prosthetic devices. And while at the bank, he said he provided two photo IDs and was told that still wasn't enough. The bank supervisor offered him two options. One is you can bring your wife with you. And the other one is you can open up an account with us. Which... How could he open up an account, and that's a good enough proof, but not to cash check? How can he open up an account without a thumb? <laughs> so he said, he, he said, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. So he reminded the bank officials of the American Disabilities Act, and he said they'd have a problem with their unfair treatment, but the bank didn't seem to bother, be bothered by it. Mm. And he said, you do realize this is a violation of federal law, and you really haven't heard the end of this. And the manager said to him, Quote, whatever. <laughs> they never let Valdez cash his check. And days later, he received a phone call from the bank's regional manager with an apology. Well, that's a little more detail. And I'm siding with him a little more. If his wife had an account there, and but maybe she had a different last name. I don't know. It's... But if it's company policy to have a thumb thumbprint, then he needs her thumb. So really, he should be carrying her thumb in a bag. <laughs> How, how would it be if she had like lost her arm or a prosthetic as well and he broke out a fake hand and went, fine, here's her <laughs> hand. Run this one. That'd be creepy. A guy with two prosthetic arms reaches into his back pockets and pulls out thumbs. What one do you want? <laughs> Dropping all over the table. I wonder how many things that really affects. Like they say you don't realize how much you lose you use certain senses until you lose them. Yeah. You know, you don't realize how much you use your like, sense of smell and sense of taste, they say a lot. But it, the only things I can think of where a fingerprint really matters is now they have those new security things on your laptop. You can kind of finger swipe or in the movies. Yeah. But I wonder if, if, if you didn't have – I'm not saying not having hands doesn't make a difference, but not having fingerprints. Well, like, like melting are, are off the, the, the tips of your fingers. Or you're born like, uh, what's that guy, Kyle XY on TV? Yeah, there's only only a few (laughs) people actually born without uh, fingerprints, aren't there? Mm Mm-hmm. I remember that being said somewhere. But I wonder if that makes a difference. Like, like where, how often does that show up? I mean, certainly not having a hand, you notice that quite a bit. It affects your life in many ways. Yeah. But even down to um, whether finger prints make a difference in your ability to grip things um i think it's more a sense of touch isn't it wouldn't it affect you more because you've got more nerve endings in there oh i guess it, so you think I you'd think be more it, like wearing gloves like kind of a muffled feel yeah i don't think it affects your grip because you know you've got clammy fingers and you're going to stick to anything really aren't you yeah but without the um the surface area on the actual fingertips then you're not going to be able to feel as much and as finely as what you can with fingerprints. Which, there's a movie where they fake fingerprints, too. And I think that might be one of the Ocean's 11, 12, or 13 movies. Yeah. Where they kind of, um, they draw a fingerprint, they 
find someone's fingerprint and then whatever they use to detect it, they then create kind of like a... Oh, um, like a prosthetic fingerprint and then they slip it over the top of their finger, don't they? Right, like on top, I think they had latex gloves on and then they kind of somehow re-rolled the fingerprint they lifted off of something. Isn't that... the glove. Yeah, it was on a glass, wasn't it? Yeah, I they, think they so. They took it off a glass. What is that one of the Mission Impossible films? Or Born? No, Born wouldn't do that. No, but someone might have done it to Born. Mm. But yeah, it was in a movie sometime in the last three years or so. For some reason, I think it was um, more like a theft movie. Yeah, I remember there being a glass and someone taking the, the fingerprints off the glass. Right, but then putting it on something. Yeah. Ooh, Ooh I can't I remember know. now. I don't know. Oh, you know what I'm thinking now? It was for... They didn't actually put the print on as if someone grabbed something else. I think they used that for the scanner. Like, to get through a a, a detector or, right. or something. Well, all right. Well, I'm sorry. I, just, I was... No, that's fine. Noticing so, those other headlines. The, the one that stood out most <laughs> was the uh, No Thumb, No Cash. That's kind of cold for CBS. Mm. Yeah, but there, there are going to be them ones that... You know, come down to the bone. There, there are going to be. A, oh, see, I shouldn't have said that either. Really, no, that's I, I'll cut that one out. <laughs> there are a couple of headlines that scrape the barrel, really. Yeah, but you figure those are there are certain publications that you expect that from. Yeah. But then, like these bigger, bigger bodies, you expect something more neutral or more correct. But then I wonder if this was just some bit story and some intern from college was told. Yeah, you know. Throw something together here and get it on the feed. Yeah, possibly, yeah. Well, did you have any stories that you found? Uh, yeah, I had a story from from Coventry, which is a little way away from me, thank God. Uh, pigs hawk Coventry woods gay sex trysts. Okay. Uh, ramping pigs have put a stop to gay sex trysts in a picturesque wood on the outskirts of Coventry. Now, this, this farmer... Basic story, the farmer was having problems with men and women meeting up. I think it's called dogging. Doing all the dogging and cottaging and stuff like that. No, having meeting a little up. fun in the woods. Yeah, having a little... On his property. property. Yeah, I, I think it is his property. And he's cut down some trees to stop people getting in. He, he's had years and years of this. And in the end, he's set pigs on them. <laughs> <laughs> he set a couple of dozen of uh, big porkers running around the forest to try and scare them away. And it, it's worked. It's got rid of everyone that was doing the, the bum stuff in the woods. Was he finding people, or did he find, uh, like, condoms and stuff? Or Yeah, it reports uh, he found condoms and makeshift beds and probably fingernail scratches in tree trunks yeah. as well, I'd imagine. <laughs> Heard moans. Yeah, a couple of ripped pillows. <laughs> But yeah, he, he shifted them on, so I just thought it was an interesting story. <laughs> not, so not, not a lot of depth to it, sorry. <laughs> is his neighbour now sitting there going, like, oh, damn it, now they're coming to my place. The neighbouring wood is uh, owned by a council, so they've moved on to the council now, so oh, okay. it's the council's problem from now on. <laughs> but I think it's awesome, just herding pigs through the wood, trying to scare people. That's a smart way to do it. Some yeah. people go out and get a gun and do all kinds of stuff. He, yeah. he just unleashed nature on them. This man wanted Babe to stop the people from bumming each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. How about anything going on with you? 
um, since we last talked? Uh, we had Kimmy's uh, birthday party. She had a, a joint birthday party with her, her best friend, who's also oh. three. And we did a, uh, a seaside-themed birthday party, and we had a little bit, a little bit of sand out. We had a sandbox and lots of inflatable um, a paddling pool, a lilos and slides and uh, seesaws out. And we also had um, a little shooting gallery, uh, coconut shire, but we oh, didn't cool. have coconuts. We had cans. And you know the um, the claw thing that grabs the sweets. Yeah, we had one of them, but it's a real tiny, tiny one. So the kids all enjoyed it. So, and then we got merrily drunk after, <laughs> which is the way it should be done. Did she buy herself a horn with the birthday money? No, no. Oh. <laughs> Still sounds like he's murdering a clown when he's walking around with that. But no. <laughs> we had uh, my son's birthday party. I guess it was just a couple of days ago. And there's a magician uh, here in town, Kozak the Magician. He's from he's from Los Angeles. And I guess he, he's been on the comedy circuit for a long time. He's, uh, he does adult comedy magic, and he does family-friendly comedy magic. Mm-hmm. And he signed up, I guess around Christmas, for five years. Every day he does a show, family-friendly. We had gone in January... My parents and my kids and I went, and we were like five out of twelve people in the show in total. So it was kind of awkward. Yeah, <laughs> but but it was a good show, and we all got involved. Everyone except for me got called up on stage for tricks and got to sit close, got to see everything real good. And and right from then, my son was saying that's what he wanted to do for his birthday party was bring a couple of friends there. Why didn't they call you up on stage? Were you the kid that was shaking his head furiously? No, I don't want to go up on stage. No, I think. Uh, you know, both my kids have that that look. You know, my son's real real handsome. My daughter's got the Shirley Temple look and curls and stuff. And then uh, my parents were the oldest married couple in the room. Yeah. But you know, it it was a good show. But I I have a problem with that car salesman type. Hey, how you doing? That you know, rehearsed dialogue. That yeah. Kind of lacks sincerity. And so, like you said, there were about twelve people total in the room, and he's going through the whole stick and. And talking and like you know, the oldest couple in the room. Well, there's only two couples total here. One's my age and one's my parents' age. So, yeah. but anyway, it, his show opened too with this whole montage of uh, clips from really 1980s TV shows. You know, when they have the comedy stand-up shows on TV, and you'd see him being introduced by this person and that person, and then he had five or six people in Las Vegas, famous celebrities doing um, kind of narration to the camera, like, hey, my friend Kozak's moving out there. He's a great magician. You should bring your friends, bring your family, see the show. Yeah. We're all sitting there already. So I I really kind of expected it to suck, and it, it was really good. And like I said, my son's been saying all along he wants to go back, wants to go back. So we set up a little party. We went out to go see it, and um, it was good. It was a good show. It was almost the exact same show, but my wife hadn't been there the first time, so that was good. And we had pretty much drilled my kids, like, <laughs> don't sit there and say you know how to do it. Don't say you've been here before. Just smile and wave and, and enjoy the whole thing. Because mm. they have a TV show on here called uh, Magic's Greatest Secrets Revealed. And they go through some, some famous tricks that the big-name people do. And even little, 
little stunts too. Is that by the masked magician? Yeah, the masked magician. Yeah. And they, they reveal a lot. There was only one trick in the whole show that the masked magician had done. And one of Jay's friends was like, oh, oh, oh. Like he was like, I grabbed him by the shoulder and went, shh, don't say another <laughs> word. You're absolutely right. Don't say a word. Just smile and clap. But they ended up calling Jay up because my wife was like, tell him it's his birthday. Tell him it's his birthday. So the guy comes out and he goes, the, the whole introduction, and he starts the show and he says, by the way, I'm not some birthday magician. You have uh, come and entertain your kids at a party. And I was like, oh, no, this is so embarrassing. But this time there was about 40, 50 people there. It was, and it's a small theater. It was pretty full. Yeah. But so after he says that, he goes, I need a volunteer, though. And he looks around, he calls Jay up. And he called Jay up for the exact same trick he had called Jay up for the first time we were there. And it's a pretty cool trick, and Jay doesn't know how he does it, and I didn't see anything that gave it away. Yeah. So uh, I he's up there, and the whole time I'm like, going, please don't say anything. Please don't say I was here before. Please don't say it was. this is the same trick. All the things you expect like a little kid to to say without that filter. Yeah, yeah. My daddy said you weren't going to call me. Like He, he even asked him, uh, is today really your birthday, Jay? And uh, his birthday is September 6th. The party was uh, like the 28th of August. Yeah. And my wife was kicking me. She's going, he's going to say no. He's going to say no. But he, he went through all, yeah, it's my birthday. This is my birthday party. This is a great, that's a great pick, Mr. Kozak and all. Yeah, kids can be a bit too innocent, can't they? Oh, yeah. But no, he did a good job. And I, uh, the, the show was great. The, all his friends loved it. it. It's not like you're going to see uh, David Blaine or Chris Angel or one of these huge, huge name magicians. Mm-hmm. But certainly, it's not like going to see the guy who's there for free at the restaurant on uh, Thursday nights either. This this was pretty good magic. Some a lot of tricks that you couldn't figure out. Awesome. So it was cool. It was, it was a great birthday party. But then we got home, and you know the show ended at like nine, and Jay wanted to have a sleepover. You know, only a couple friends. I'll bring him to the show and have him sleepover. So fine. So I went and I got Mystery Science Theater three thousand videos to show. Have you seen that show yet? Or no, I haven't. No. Mystery Science Theater 3000 used to be on TV on uh, the Comedy Channel. And what they do is they take really old movies, bad movies, like uh, Santa Claus vs. the Martians, Hercules vs. the Moon Men, Killer Shrews Unite. But there is a Godzilla movie they did, but there, there's a whole bunch of just kind of corny movies. And then these three little silhouettes sit in the corner of the screen, and they just talk during the movie. Like all those little smart-ass remarks that oh, you yeah, okay. to your head. yeah. Jay loves that, and I found a couple he hadn't seen, put them on DVD, and for some of the kids, they liked it, and some of the others, it just was a little too sophisticated. Like, of the five or six kids there, three were laughing out loud, and the other three were kind of, like, scrunching their faces. Like, So we aborted that, and I broke out the Star Wars Clone Wars cartoons that were on in between episodes two and three. So now it's, like, 12.15. They've been warned when the... Next one's done. I'm turning everything off. Everybody goes to bed. 12.15 comes. Everything's off. I kind of hang out in the office, do some work. and I can hear them still talking and giggling. Guys, you got to go sleep. 1 o'clock. Guys, you got to go sleep. 1.30. Guys, you got to go to sleep. <laughs> 2 o'clock. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop talking. What don't you understand? 3 o'clock. 4 o'clock. They're still up. Not all of them. Just a handful. And I... I know that's like kids do that with birthday parties and you know, yeah. I remember doing that when I was little, but there was this other element to it of 
the kids who were asleep already were the quote unquote good kids, and the kids who were still awake with Jay were the bad kids. Yeah, and sneaky. And I can hear them because things are kind of open in our house. I could hear them talking like, "He won't know. He he didn't hear when I did this before, which I did hear what they did before, but." I can hear them like testing limits, and and I can hear Jay saying like, no, no, I, I don't think we should do that. No, no just, we should try to sleep. <laughs> but they're like pushing him, and they're winning. They're like getting him to get out of bed and go do different stuff. And so I was more like angry because I, I felt like disrespected. Of course, it's by like an eight-year-old kid, so I probably mm. shouldn't have cared. Four thirty, they're still up, and I actually I feel bad, but I actually had reduced one kid to tears because like he just he kept lying to me about stuff, and I said. I just heard you say to Jay, let's go here and do this. And you know, I didn't say that. I said, well, which, which person said that? Nobody. We, uh, we said, we wished we had some ice cream. I was like, I, like, I'm like livid. Like you're kidding me at four 30 in the morning. You're going to tell me that's what you said. And so, but I, you know, I didn't yell. I just was like, I, you know what, bud, you, you one day you're going to want to come back to our house and I'm going to remember all of this. Yeah. Close your eyes and go to sleep. And so I, I go back to our room and I can hear this. You made him cry. <laughs> so I'm like, ugh. So I woke Marianne up and I was like, all right, I think I made one of the kids cry. And she's like, well, you know, what time is it? It's 4.30. What? 4.30? Like she's getting mad. Said, I know, we've been through this already. Then I went out and I did the whole, like, there's nothing to be upset about. It's just everybody's tired. Just don't do the things you know you're not supposed to do and don't assume I don't know what's going on. Just yeah. close your eyes and go to sleep. And then the next morning, it was um, like the kid had this kind of look of fear in his eyes. Like we make pancakes and he goes, may I have some orange juice, please? It's like, you, you can, you're fine. I tried to make sure everything was good. And then the next thing was when the dad came to the door. And you yeah. could tell he was waiting to see like, what, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? I was like, oh, they were good. Some guy stayed up late. I covered for him. I was like, you know, this Connor fell asleep. You know, they woke him up, and he was a little out of sorts for a while, but he fell back asleep, no problem. And you can see the kid's smile get real big and like, yes, <laughs> I dodged the bullet. So, I mean, everyone was happy with the party, and, and I mean, that's hardly like the, the biggest thing. But in a way, that's the part worth telling yeah. <laughs> the story was that because it almost became not like a, a game, but like I, just, I couldn't believe they were going to keep testing the limits, which I should have known better. Well, yeah, when you hear stories of other people's kids, then you tend to sit back and laugh about it. But I think if I was stuck in that same situation or other people were in that situation, then you'd be pulling your hair out and really growling and oh, just just go to sleep, crying out loud. Yeah, and it, it wasn't it wasn't one of the, the good kids. It was one of the kids that I know I've seen or suspected them of, of kind of being sneaky at our house before. Yeah. And like the one boy, he came he came to the house and he's waiting. He's like the third person arrived. And we're we're getting stuff set up, waiting for people to come. Jay's by the door welcoming people. And I look over and he's rifling through our mail. It's just, <laughs> you know, and, and he's not doing it in a mean way. But you could just tell that's his level of respect for other people's things and, and propriety and his sense of what's right and wrong. Yeah. And so I just came over. I was like, Are you looking for something? He goes, no, I'm just bored. He's like, leave him through. I like, well, I'm sorry you're bored at the birthday party, but get away from my mail. It's just as long as you got to, as long as you got to hand all the kids back, then everything's good. Oh yeah. Well, and then the other thing that's going on is we've got uh, you know football season starting here, 
and Jay's godparents run a fantasy football league for kids. So we try to get like, all his friends to participate in it. They pick teams instead of players and all. Mm-hmm. Which, if anyone wants to do, just email me and I'll give you the website you can go to and contact the, the people in charge. It's all free and stuff. But even that, we were like trying to recruit people for that at the party. Just saying, like, yeah, Jay does this thing and it's a lot of fun. They give out a free jersey and all. Yeah. And And the kids were all like... Either staring at me blindly, <laughs> huh? What? What are you talking about? Or I would be trying to explain, and then before I could get the description out, I get, "Oh yeah, my dad does this." Or like, Shh, stop. Listen to what I'm saying. This is for you. <laughs> you could, I, yeah. Oh my dad. Yeah. Last year we did. Okay. That. So that was a. You can't see me waving my hands frantically here, but that was the other part of the party that like. Jay was all excited to get everyone recruited, and, and even he forgot to kind of, like, help me sell it. So I don't know what we're going to do, but he's excited for the start of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'll bet. I don't know if you heard on through your uh, news outlets or anything like that, but there was a an altercation, let's say, at one of our matches down here in London. Mm. Actually, <laughs> all I ever hear about with uh, soccer is the fights. The yeah. fights are if the United States team, national team, tends to do well, but... Generally, nothing else gets much coverage locally. Yeah. It has died down a hell of a lot. There used to be a big fight every now and again. And it seems to have gone away for a couple of years now. Yeah, you do get your little skirmishes. But it's Hmm. between uh, a team called West Ham and a team called Millwall. Ever heard of them? No. Neither of them. uh, The first one. West Ham. Yeah. West Ham United, yes. Now, these two teams... They're on either side of the River Thames that runs through London. And Millwall is south of the river. West Ham is north of the river. And years and years ago, there's a big rivalry between the two dockers, basically the people that used to load all the stuff off the ships that used to come in from the sea. And Mm -hmm. you used to have the South Docks and the North Docks. And there used to be a huge rivalry, as there is with any football team that's close to another football team. And it just... Builds from there and there. Each each time they, these guys meet, there's always worry that there's going to be a big fight. But the match was stopped, I think, three or three times. I think it was Jeez. through pitch invasions and big fat wallowing people running onto the pitch and shaking their belly around and yeah, we've scored and <laughs> trying to wind people up and it's just disgusting. I hate it. Absolutely hate it. These are the guys that talk about it far too much and they have all their tattoos all over their body about West Ham or Millwall and I've I've met a couple of West Ham uh, supporters in my time they're alright I've met Millwall people in my time they're alright I've been to the Millwall Stadium and watched a match there and it's one of the scariest things I've ever been to yeah it was horrible <laughs> really really horrible the ho- stadium was half empty but still you had people really screaming blood out them out of their throats at the referee yeah. and stuff like that and it's just horrible but i i can't stand the way that these football uh, supporters that they like to be called have acted on this uh this situation yeah you know, a guy who's stabbed outside the stadium he had chest wounds and in the 70s there was i think either a millwall fan or a a west ham fan was killed and then, then it was a tit for tat thing. So one of the other teams had to be killed. Jeez. It's, it's yeah. disgusting the way it, the way it happens. Yeah, I just wanted to say that balls to everyone that did that. You're dickheads. 
Why do it? I, can't, I don't understand it. I just don't understand. Yeah, you know, I if I go to a football match, I go there for a laugh. I go there to watch the football. You know, my kid might be with me, or there are other children around in the stadium, and you you don't want them getting hurt. But the way that these people go, they don't care who they're going to hit. They don't care who they're pushing out the way to get to the person who swear at them and, and flicking the V's at them. They don't care. They're just going to slaughter whoever whoever's in the way. Now, would that keep you from bringing your family to see a game? Certain Someone teams. Give you four free tickets? Certain teams, yes, definitely. Absolutely. I don't know. It's just some, some teams over here just have a reputation before them. See, I've heard on the radio and through other people and other people that know people that went to the match that it was more West Ham on the Millwall fans. But Millwall mm-hmm. are notorious for being a bunch of arseholes. And they have they have a, a song that they sing at the stadium, uh, no one likes us, we don't care. <laughs> so if you're going to sing a song like that, then you know, you've got to take everything, you know, it's got to run off your back, it really has. Ooh, and I, there's no moral to that, but it's just, ooh, please stop the poxy fighting. Yeah, you need to keep a sense of perspective, what it is, what what really, what really can be accomplished from the fighting. It's yeah. not like... It's not going to change an outcome. It's not going to make uh, not going to make a difference to anybody except for the ones you, who get hurt. Yeah, well, a lot of this is uh, embedded on the internet as well. A lot of people know that there's going to be a fight either inside or outside. Yeah, and so you get other teams joining in and coming down and just coming down for the ruck. <laughs> and people travel miles just to have a fight. Just be a part of it. Yeah, uh, I've known uh, Southampton. Uh, supporters have fights at uh, Cholton football ground and that's what two and a half hours drive I suppose <laughs> you know I, I know a lot of these people are going on train but you know people just drive up there just for a ruck and these are the same people who get upset when they're told they have to report you know two hours early to the airport or you know they go a uh, half hour and have to wait for a table at a restaurant. Yeah, these would be the obnoxious <laughs> people that are sitting there going, why do I have to queue up so much? Why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do yeah. that? It's because of you that we have to do these. And it's a guy that cuts up your... You know when you're in a queue at uh, uh, traffic lights and someone whizzes by you on the outside lane and then digs in. You know, the reason why there's half a queue is because people like you keep doing that. Stop doing <laughs> that and then we might not have a queue. Ooh. Uh. See, now, now I'm on one. <laughs> that's alright you're right that's, that's a, you're on the, the right side of it at least you're entitled to rant about that yeah so stop fo- stop fighting a football now I'm warning <laughs> you back of my hand otherwise oh, speaking right, of running. other irritating things we had uh, the email from Rhea and her her plea for help yep where she was looking for the four point something million dollars that's true yeah which went up to eleven million dollars Yes, yes, it did. And we did not actually get any help from anyone yet. Although it might be because we just released that episode uh, about 14 hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we should give them a chance to actually answer. And yeah, why haven't we received an email yet? Crying out loud. Come on, guys. Well, people get on it. Actually, we have received one email already in response to that uh, episode 27. But... But no, no, we haven't really given anyone a chance to uh, help us with the RIA issue. So we're going to table that, even though we promised we would address it in the next episode. Mm-hmm. We'll table that for one coming up. And we still haven't heard uh, who our L.A. zombie is yet, 
But again, we've only given them 14 hours. And you know how the undead are. They they kind of move a little slower. Yeah, they're kind of lazy, Lumber. aren't they? Brains. <laughs> brains. How funny would it be to get an email that just said brains? <laughs> You're tempting fate now, aren't you? Yes. Well, now that I've said that, it's not cool if you do it because it was my idea, not yours. Anyway. Yes, moving swiftly on. Yes. Also on the, on the table here it was commercials. Oh, we yeah. We yep. made a call, gee, almost a month ago, back in episode 24. Uh, I was talking about the Colgate Pump commercial, which I did put a link for in the show notes that you can go and see the little uppers doing the Colgate Pump dance. Mm-hmm. And we started musing that it might be worth doing a whole episode about it. We asked for some feedback about commercials that stood out to you guys, and we did get some emails back about that, um, one of which comes from Gavin, who is a listener in Hawaii, a living listener, not a zombie one. Uh, he actually came to us from the Rethinking Lost podcast, where we had broadcast a Bombast episode, or uh, maybe actually came just because it was us. But he came to the to the website, yeah. listened to some Apotheosis episodes, uh, said he liked what he heard, which we definitely appreciate hearing that. And he brought up the Energizer Bunny commercials as uh, <laughs> being so annoying that it drove him to only buy Duracell. Yeah. Is that the bunny that clashes the symbols Yeah, the pink rabbit. Yeah. It was a clever idea. And, and uh, I can remember when it first came out, it'd be kind of cool. You'd be like, oh, it's a fake commercial. It's a fake commercial. Mm. As it danced to the next one. But I have a problem with the idea that then you go to Duracell. Because Duracell has had its own annoying commercial. Well, we get the Duracell bunnies over here. The Energizer bunny? The pink one? Uh, or does Duracell have its own thing? No, because that had a... a yeah, the Duracell Just keeps got, going and going yeah, and going. They've got Energizer. bunnies as well. Oh, they do? Yeah. Oh. That's a blatant rip-off there. Unless I'm that totally is. wrong. If I am, I'm sorry. Very sorry. Well, the Duracell here used to have uh, an Australian guy. I don't know if he really was Australian or not. He looked Australian, acted Australian, and he put a Duracell battery on his shoulder, and he dared people to knock it off his shoulder. By, and by he saying he there looked... and go, oi! He would just go, oi! Knock this battery off my shoulder, mate. Oi! He would just <laughs> say that over and over. But when you say he looked Australian, did he have a, um, a short sleeve shirt on, shorts on, boots on, and a cork hat? No, no, he didn't have the Crocodile Dundee look or the uh, uh, Mad Max kind of look. Mm. Uh, you know, I suppose it is kind of a weird thing to say, but he had <laughs> um, spiky blonde hair. And uh, he had, and it's funny now that I think about it, he had on like a tank shirt, I think, like a, he looked like a bodybuilder. Yeah. I'm going to have to look and see if I can find him because I'm watching me be describing someone completely different. <gasps> there he is. No. Oh, my gosh. I think I may be seriously wrong here. I'll have to see this in a second. Oh, man. All right. I'll have to admit it. I'm going to send this to you. You can put it in the post. Has your memory failed you? My memory has betrayed me completely <laughs> because... I'm going to send you this link, and I'll put it in the show notes. He's actually an Energizer spokesman. Jacko. All right, all right. You have to put this in with the mixer. Oi! Time I get Christmas brighter in the 
My God. Jacko Jackson is the man's name. He has got an Aussie accent, though. I don't know why I remember him with a uh, battery on his shoulder. We did have another email moving on from JT from the Geek Squared podcast. Yep. And he talked about a singing in the rain commercial. I think it was for a car company. It was a Volkswagen, I'm pretty sure. Yes, it was a golf commercial. Yes. And we'll have a link for that in the show notes as well. Yeah. I think everyone's seen this one. It's where he starts doing the break dancing all the way down the street and it's just singing in the rain, but break dancing style. There's a lot of commercials that are good and there's a lot that are annoying and there's a lot you just don't even think of. But for our website for this episode, I thought maybe we could talk about retrojunk.com. Retrojunk.com has a bunch of uh, clips from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, TV shows, commercials, mm. all kinds of stuff. I, I mean, like, tons of them. And, and you go through and you, you click through. They're kind of sorted by category. You can look at old car commercials, clothes commercials. I mean, they have uh, the old McDonald's commercials, which are kind of creepy to go and look at the old Ronald McDonald. Is that the one? No, that's not the one you sent me earlier on, is it? That's not the old. Yeah, that is the one. Is that well, the old one Ronald one McDonald? Yeah. You're joking. No. Oh, that was freaky. And if you actually go, you have to put that one in the show notes. That one's kind of creepy because Ronald McDonald's there on the street and he talks to a kid and the kid says, I'm not allowed to talk to strangers, but I'm not a stranger. I'm Ronald McDonald. Here, have a hamburger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's grooming him with hamburgers. But you can also see the very first commercial, if you look for that on YouTube, where they introduced Ronald McDonald. Mm. And it's, it's the same character that's in that, uh, same edition of Ronald that's in that other video. And it is creepy. Yeah. Now, talking of grooming people, we used to have a, uh, a commercial on here. I think it was called Charlie Says. It was a public information warning about uh, kids wandering off with uh, strangers. The animation's really poor, but I think everyone who's ever seen it on TV always remembers it. But it's about a, a guy who goes to the park to play on the swings with his cat, and his cat's swinging, him, swinging next to him, and a stranger comes up to him and asks to see his puppies, and he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll go see your puppies. And then his cat pulls him away and says, no, don't go see the puppies. I'm a cat. And then he wanders off and... Tells his mum, and he got an apple for it, and the cat got a fish, and this used to play quite a lot. But yeah, Charlie says everyone remembers Charlie says. I think they ended up making a song about it as well, which got into the charts. Well, there's a couple of PSAs that they used to air all the time by us that I loved. One, one is this one about pills, and I was going to say I wanted to save it until another time, but I don't know why I would. So I'm going to actually find that one for you. But there's another one. They had this uh, this little character. I think his name was Tanker, and he would encourage you to eat healthy snacks and stuff like that. It was kind of um, Tom and Jerry, Bugs Bunny kind of animation, but he would do this little oh, timer. Time yeah. for timer. Do you know what the uh, animation reminds me of? It's more Pink Panther. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. It definitely was like the background stuff. Mm. But yeah, that's a catchy little song. Got a hankering for a hunk of cheese. 
Let me see if I can find the other one. The other one is one of my all-time favorite little jingles and PSAs. Hey, what are we doing out of the bottle? This is dangerous. A little kid might come along and think we were candy. That would be awful because we're medicine. He might even eat us. No, no, no. Did it cut it off at the end? Yeah, that was, was the end? that was the very end, yeah. Oh, there's a little harmony part where they go, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, that's awesome. But if they're these little, like, hand puppets that look like M&Ms. Yeah, they look awesome. Oh, I love that. I'm very jealous that we never got that. <laughs> right, I've got one, one of my favorites. I used to love, um, there's loads of, like, the Guinness adverts have always been famous over here. The Levi yeah. adverts. Um, we had the Green Cross Code Man. Did you ever used to have him? Uh, it doesn't sound familiar. Right, the Green Cross Code Man, he used to um, help children across the road. And the guy who actually played the Green Cross Code Man was a guy in the suit for Darth Vader. Oh, okay. Which is an awesome little thing. I also remember Star Wars adverts. They were the best. I know my <laughs> brother-in-law, Matthew, he likes the Evil Knievel adverts that we used to get over here <laughs> uh i used to like did i say monster munch we used to have awesome monster munch ones not the animated ones. these were puppets these were big big puppets with long weird tongues and stuff like that and they were hmm. really cool now I'll, I'll put all these links on the website anyway sure but there's one song that i w- always used to love hopefully it's all here it's only 19 seconds but i'll i'll play this through to you anyway Way down deep in the middle of the Congo I get woke up in every corner dropper on a mango He's stuck with the others and he can't locate the mango The rhino said, I know, we'll call it Ongongo Living Ongongo Ongongo, cocktail of nine fruits Do you remember that? It sounds familiar It was really loud, I couldn't really hear what it was for Oh, it's for Ongongo, the drink No, I don't think I've ever heard it Because I don't think I've heard of that drink before Never heard of Umbungo? Oh, no. Mm-mm. There was Umbungo, Moonshine, and Kiora. Oh, no. No, none of those. Oh, and they used to have the old Weetabix adverts. I don't know if... Do you have Weetabix over there? Yes. Okay. Did you have the old animated adverts? I've got to play this through now. These were awesome. Cartoon Boy? Yeah. No, I'm not going to play this through because it's rubbish. Well, there's so many ones. I'm just looking through here... Look at the public service announcement ones. There's things you don't even realize you remember. But then there's uh, just these awesome, awesome commercials, public service announcements, great memories. A lot of them are complete. Some of them are chopped up a little bit. But it's enough to, to definitely take a couple hours of your day. Yeah, definitely. This is one of the greatest adverts ever made. It's for uh, oh, I've seen that, yeah. condoms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's uh, basically uh, animal balloons. Oh, sorry. Blue and animals made out of condoms. And you've got a pink one and a blue one. And they mm-hmm. start going at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so good. It's cute. I love it. And then there's some outtakes. on uh, If you look at related videos on the side. Yeah, you definitely have a reason to check out the show notes. Hopefully you've been doing that in general. But if you haven't, please do. And if you're new to the show, if you just joined us in the last couple of weeks or so, go ahead and go back and check out old episodes. Our podcast is not the type where you need to have heard everything before. 
Each episode is basically independent. So go check it out. Yeah, just feedback from anything would be nice as well. Feedback from if you've heard something on on an old episode that you want to bring up, then yeah, go for it. You might be the first. <laughs> you probably will be the first. But yeah, you might be the first. Also, check all the links down the side of the page as well. We've got lots of other podcasting friends that we chat to and intermingle with. So you know, go check out their shows as well. Yep, hit us up on Twitter. Send us an email, bombastpodcast at gmail dot com, and uh, you know, let us know where you are. Like we said in the other episode, and we we're talking about before, we look at the stats page and we see two hundred pins on a map of the world, but we don't know which pin is which, who's who. Yeah. So send us something and let us know. Hi, I'm Seattle. Hi, I'm Texas. Hi, I'm in your backyard looking Ooh. through the window. All right. Well, no, we don't need that one. <laughs> Well, should we wrap it up here? Um, sure. We need a jingle, though. Or do we need a jingle? We need a... Yeah, have you have you got a moral, moral. for today? Or? Oh, with, can we go with that? To make your Christmas brighter, you need the energizer? Yeah, we can go with that if you want. <laughs> all right, then. Well, let's end it there, then. All right. Well, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you in about a week. Yes, please stick around with us. Please, please, please. I'll see you later. All right, bye. Bye. I know we've already edit, ended today's show, but I felt pretty bad about this this error. But I know I wasn't. So let me see. I did a little Google search here, and I see, does anyone remember the Robert Conrad commercials for Duracell batteries that came out in the 70s? The ones where they say, I dare you to knock this off my shoulder? Yes. So let's see if there's a video or something we can get here. Robert Conrad Duracell. I must find proof. I must find proof. I think I mixed the two together. That's part of the problem. Yeah. I found it. Awesome. Yes, I am validated. I need proof of this. I need... Of course, I've completely mixed my uh, <laughs> commercials together. I've taken bits of one and bits of another. He, he just put it on his shoulder. <laughs> I was I was imagining a huge battery over his shoulder like a barrel, carrying it like that. But no, <laughs> I'm wrong again, though, aren't I? It's not Duracell. It's Everready. Yeah, but he actually balanced it on his shoulder. His his shoulders are so square he could put it on his shoulder. That's wicked. Well, I feel a little bit validated. Awesome. All right. right, should we go again? Leave these people to get on with their lives. Sounds good. Carry on. Yes. Go about your business. Go on, get back to work. <laughs> Alright, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.